Welcome to the Unlearning Patterns Podcast, a space to share the journey of growth with open conversations and vulnerability. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Tony. Welcome back to another episode of the Unlearning Patterns podcast. Um, this one's going to be a little different um, as this is kind of like, I don't know, what, what, what would you call it? Like a mini series? Yeah, sort of like a mini series branching off of what we usually do, you know, with like our 45 minutes and longer episodes. This Hopefully this one will be short, 30 minutes or shorter to talk about our therapy sessions. Um, you know, we just thought that, you know, we'll kind of bring you, you all in inside of our therapy sessions, kind of what we talk about. Um, obviously, we won't be sharing every single detail and everything um, just for our privacy sake. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely share what, what we're able to share. And um, this is just something for you all, you know, for those who have not gone to therapy and, you know, and is interested in what that would look like. Um, and obviously our views and our, you know, opinions and stuff like that is just from us. And I know everybody has different takes and whatnot on it. Um, but, you know, we'll share with you all kind of what we've learned so far aside from our experience um, and sharing our, yeah, sharing our, our, our experience through our sessions and whatnot. So we'll do this and we'll, you know, um, share, you know, just our experience and um, everything else kind of with, with this well, I've been thinking a lot about our intention with this podcast. One of our goals is to destigmatize conversations around mental health. If we want people to start talking about mental health and making it normal, I think that really starts with us. And I think it really helps to start with, you know, our mental health check-ins that we're doing for our normal episodes. But I really wanted to start this series because I think just from conversations with people in my life, I learned the most through storytelling and hearing about their experiences. I think this will be another great way to share our experiences and hopefully people can take away um, some insights from what we shared. And I do want to say that this is not a form of therapy. If you are struggling with um, any mental health issues, I would encourage you to reach out to a professional and not use this as a form of therapy. We just really want to share our lessons and and in hopes that it makes other people feel less alone in their journey. So please do not substitute this as therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's quickly talk about um, therapy. You know, what 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 is talk therapy? Talk therapy is, is what both you and I, we, we do. Mm-hmm. I just remember, you know, being in the process of starting therapy. And that was hard because it's one of those things where you've never done before. And, you know, you heard all these things, you know, especially for me where, you know, I've heard the good and I've also heard the bad. Right. And I've also heard those that I don't know if it's necessarily good or bad, but it's it's therapies eh, for me because I don't know, because I kind of figure stuff out, you know, as I'm kind of talking with with the therapist. So I just don't feel like the need for them. Right. And. You know, it's it's funny too because whenever I hear that, it's it's kind of like, well, that's kind of the point of talk therapy, so that you can figure those things out. And so, it, it, so you know, like it's a way of processing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think because people don't feel like 
the therapist is necessarily adding value in, in the sense of like, here are these methods, take it home mm-hmm. and... And it will solve all your problems. And yeah, and, and, and solve it, right? Um, where sometimes in some sessions, right, and I'm pretty sure like you can test this too, is literally just us venting, mm-hmm. me venting. And, and, you know, the therapist will just listen and be like a sounding board. And that would just be the whole session, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are some sessions, too, where there are, like, methods and things like that, that homework, right, that they give us to do. Um, and, you know, with, with homework, it's, you know, it's it's not like, you know, like school homework in some sense, you know, um, or at least it doesn't feel like that, you know, because it feels like you're doing something to to better yourself. With that, I I just remember it being very hard um, at the beginning because I remember you sent me um, walk-in, which is a free therapy clinic with a lot of volunteers who come in and, and, and therapists who volunteer their time. Now, they're fully booked for the most part, but um, if a therapist feels like they can take you on or feels like, you know, like they want to work with you, um, even though like everything's kind of booked, um, they will make time. I called and I I, I I I I saw a therapist that day, but then I remember before meeting the therapist, um, or, or or right when I met the the, uh, the my my first initial therapist, um, he was like, hey, like you know we're we're fully booked, you know you're probably gonna have to be on the wait list, but you know let's let's talk about why you're here today. And I remember after talking with him and kind of going through things, we spent about an hour. And then um, after the session, he was just like, yeah, like, let's let's bring you on mm-hmm. or like, let's continue to keep meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and with that free session at, at, at walk in or not free session, but with that free therapy at walk in, um, I think you get about like 12 sessions, 10 to 12 sessions around there. We were able to meet. He was able to take me on, which I was grateful for. Um, and. Uh, yeah, we met on, on a regular bit, like a regular basis. I think we met on like a weekly basis. That was my first introduction to therapy, and with that, you know, I was afraid that it could go wrong, as in like you know, like it wouldn't be good for me. I was fortunate enough to not have to go through that, and to be able to just um, have a good experience with my with my first ever therapist, and he was able to help me in ways where I didn't necessarily think. That he that you know, therapy would be able to help me, and he was able to kind of pinpoint certain things, and um, you know, uh, like the DSM five like terminology, language, and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. What What was your first experience with like therapy? So the first time I've ever done therapy was in high school, but I feel like it wasn't long enough to give me an impression, and plus. I was in sessions with my mom, so it was like family therapy, and I it wasn't my choice to go, so I don't think I had the best experience. So that was my first experience ever, but I recently started therapy about a month or so ago. I remember telling you that I was nervous because she was younger than me. I was thinking that maybe she wouldn't be able to help me. Um, but then I remember, like, my mom is a lot younger than most of her clients, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that she is um, trying her best, and um, she is able to help her clients. She's helped me unlock a lot of memories and helped me connect a lot of things from my childhood to now. And um, 
see her every other week and it's really like the highlight to my week. I had to cancel last week so I haven't seen her for two weeks now and that already feels like too long. I feel like so many things has happened in my life where it will be a long session this week. I feel like this was this whole experience of starting um, therapy and just having like a good outlook on it. I mean, I think I feel like one, it just me as a person, I always try to be optimistic. So then I, I feel like that helps. But then also, too, I remember your mom's telling telling me like just like just because if you go through the first one and the first one, you know, like if you and your therapist was not a fit, don't think of it as, as like that's always going to be your experience mm-hmm. and nobody can help you. Yeah. You know, it's just probably like you and that person just didn't fit. So like, I remember your mom saying like, treat it as if like a relationship, like you're finding like Yeah, like a you're partner. dating. To yeah, see, like, you're dating. Yeah, that you're going and you're... How you mesh. Yeah, you're going, you're meshing. And like, you know, a lot of things too is that you could do this bef- beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you come properly with like the questions that to ask and all that, you know, just asking therapists or what they're you know, their, their style is, you know, what they uh, specialize in and things of that nature. And they can, they can tell you. And, you know, I mean, you won't be able to, to fully find out if that's a, going, to, going to be a perfect fit or not or, or a good fit or not um, with like the consultation meeting and all that. But at the very least, it'll, it'll give you like a, a, like an idea, you know, if this is the person you want to go forward with or if you want to, you know, maybe pull you know, pull out of because maybe you have a gut feeling or whatever it is that you're going through, you know, asking questions uh, and they just may not feel like a good fit. Yeah, no, that's something that's super important and something to always keep in mind when you're going through this because I do know that experience shapes a lot of things, you know, especially our first experience is going to determine whether we come back or not, mm-hmm. you know, or we want to keep doing this. So just wanted to put that out there just in case if anyone does try and it's not a good experience the first time to you know not cement that as the only therapy therapy session like give it a few more tries and all that Mm -hmm. with 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 different people and i said all that because my first therapist was a white male Mm -hmm. man and at first you know i was like oh like i don't know if he's gonna, gonna be able to help me and you know and like understand the cultural things to my surprise he was able to help me a lot you know and i think that was Partly due to his, I feel like his social work background. Yeah, I don't know. He actually gave me a lot of tools, a lot of insight, and helped me like identify a lot of things within myself um, to help me. And it was a really good jump start. And I think what what really helped me too was how much he cared and his energy that he put forward, and just how much he cared and um, knowing that this is you know it was on his own time. You know, like volunteering, and he was still giving that the energy. Like I was like, oh, like, you know, he really, he really cared, and and he really put his, he did all he could within the top short amount of time that we had, um, to set me up. And even at the end, you know, like he gave me pretty much like a written like paper on just things that he that like his notes that he's taken down and all this stuff, things, um, and like reminders, you know, of things that we worked on and everything. And then also gave me like a whole sheet of like clinics you know that he recommends and then at the end you know of our 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 last conversation like he was just like yeah you know with your next therapist these are things i see you know and these are this is what i would recommend you look for in your next therapist i think because he was white 
he kind of connect with you on the cultural aspects and i know i know like a lot of times you didn't even bother to like process that with him because mm-hmm. he wouldn't understand honestly yeah. um but he really helped um lay like the foundation of what therapy is because mm-hmm. i feel like um with your second and third one now you were already like kind of in the routine you knew how to work how it worked and since they're both Hmong then you can start like building that foundation yeah. as well yeah and 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 that goes to to one to my next thing right of kind of wrapping this all back around to my last point that made about the experience and trying out different therapists and all that mm-hmm. um obviously with walking you know they're all volunteer and you kind of just get who you get you know, you can't really have that consultation and that, like, kind of pick and choose therapist, you know. Um, but this time, since I was paying for it, um, you know, covered by insurance, um, but a little bit out of, out, out of pocket. I just want to say that just to let people know that, you know, with some insurance, there is coverage for for it as well. So, yeah, like, I just remember I'm like, okay, well, this time, you know, I'm going to be paying for it. So, uh, you know, I want to try to find somebody who can, you know, who I, I feel like I can fully actually open and up and talk to. Um, and so that's why I sought out for a Hmong therapist, um, just so that they can, you know, be able to understand, you know, at least to some degree. Um, and she she helped me through quite a bit, too. And it was it was a change because I felt like it was what I wanted, like initially when I first met her and saw her. Like my 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 quick reaction, and when I'm and when I'm saying quick reaction, I mean like my like first like initial reaction, like a couple seconds, right? Shit, like I asked for a monk therapist, but also at the same time, like damn, I feel like I'm kind of afraid to speak to a monk therapist now, mm-hmm. you know, because they're monk, right? And like, you know, we're 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 a small community and all that, you know. What if they know my parents? What if you know this this and that? What if they know my people? Like my people, there's some sort of like connection there and all that, and. You know, and then, like, essentially, then they, like, you know, like, I get exposed and mm. all that stuff, right? But then once I kind of, you know, started talking to them and whatnot, like, I felt like I was, I was, I was able to open up. She left for maternity leave, and then now I, I've, I've, I've gotten um, a Hmong male, which also at the same time, I'm, I, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this change because then, you know, it's a Hmong man, and, you know, I can speak with another man. Maybe, you know, they can understand my experience just a little bit more, you know? And um, I remember, same thing. First couple seconds, look, I'm like, shit. You know, like I, I've never been vulnerable to him, to him, uh, like, like that to another Hmong man. You know, and 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 why not? And open up, and so I was like, shit, this is gonna be tough. But uh, you know, as as things went on, and like you know, you know, credits and kudos to them, like you know, for kind of creating that space, setting that tone, um, and just having that inviting feeling to be able to talk every session as every session you know we've gone through the more and more and more i'm able to open up you're not gonna be able to open up right away unless if you are you know then kudos to you but like you know it's gonna you know slowly warm up to them and then be on your way how was your experience like searching for your therapist the place that i found on their website you can write down like what you're looking for in a therapist the therapist being Hmong wasn't a really big factor. I just didn't want a white person. Um, so I said I wanted a woman of color as my therapist. And um, the therapist that I was matched with, she sent me an email and 
gave me a short paragraph about who she is and how she practices therapy and then I had my first consultation um, session with her and there was something in her bio um, that like really intrigued me and it's something that I haven't heard about before and I really thought that this could be a really great place for me to learn it. Um, so yeah, like I said in the beginning, she was younger than me and I was really nervous about that, but it's been really great and I'm glad that I chose to stick it through with her. Can you tell me what is one thing you enjoy about therapy and one thing that you don't like about therapy? Um, one thing I enjoy about therapy is that like I get to talk to someone um, and, and, and again, this is like a, like a debate, depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. you know, um, but like, but like I, I get to talk to someone who's on, who's like a, a neutral party. I think it's, it's refreshing. Um, and there's a different feel when you talk to somebody who's not your friend or family member or someone who knows you, mm-hmm. obviously with, with time, your therapist will get to know you, but still like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like a neutral party. You know, and they can give you, you know, f- feedback and listen and vent. So, I, so that's one thing I like. The thing I don't like is sometimes I have go in there and, you know, just because maybe the week was busy or I had a busy week or, or you know, or whatever the case is. Um, sometimes I go in there and I feel like there's nothing to talk about because, like, I'm not experiencing anything, like, big or whatever it is. And I feel like, oh, like, I don't have anything to talk about. So I feel like I'm wasting their time also wasting my time as well too you know what about you yeah for me i think it's the same thing as you said um is having a neutral person listen to what you're going through because i think like our friends and family for the most part have our back and will agree with us i remember having a session a few weeks ago and um i was kind of struggling with trying to be there for you and trying to be there for everyone and I felt like I didn't like that week I was actually like really struggling and I felt like I couldn't share with anyone because I felt like I was like I would be giving people baggage if I shared it and it just felt so good to tell this one person like everything and also like I don't know about other people but for me for me even if I'm opening up to you I'm only telling you what I think you can handle um, because you don't also want to over worry your community either. Um, so I felt like I was just giving you parts I think you can handle and then holding the other parts back. And that was really hard for me because then I just felt like I was holding on to all of this weight. And it just felt really nice to have one place to speak it out and know that she's not judging me. Um, and that like she's there to help me process those feelings. That's just what I really like about having a therapist. I think the one thing I don't like is if, and I think everyone will go through this too, is they don't give you solutions. And sometimes like, sometimes I have those sessions where I'm like, please just tell me what to do. Like I'm so lost. Like I have no idea. Those sessions are hard because they just make you like really work through it. But at the end, I'm so appreciative of that because I'm going to have to do that in real time. Like, next time I go through something like that, I have to do that work, that brain power to get me through that. So I can see, like, the benefits of that, but sometimes you're just, like, impatient. Yeah, Yeah, you are. Well, that transitions well into our next thing here is 
yeah, just sharing about our our recent our most recent uh, session that we had, um, and so, um, yeah, no, it was, you know, the biggest thing that w- that we we've, we've talked about, and kind of how we got here, you know, my my therapist, you know, asked me how I'm doing and everything, and um, I remember telling telling him I'm like you know like. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but we didn't, didn't necessarily kind of get a chance to dive into it because uh, just so many things going on. But yeah, I, I, I was telling him, I was like, yeah, but do you remember like talking to you about like how it's so hard for me to like start things, um, you know, like whether it's a project, right, uh, at work or school, whatever it is, um, it was always hard for me to like start it and do it. And it wasn't that like I, I hate doing some of those things because I realized that you know, with the majority of them, you know, that I do, I actually enjoy it. Like, for example, washing the dishes, right? Like, I, I hate looking at, like, I hate just looking at it and, like, knowing, like, oh, I got to wash the dishes. But when I actually do do it and, like, is in the zone, like, it's actually somewhat therapeutic. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're just there and just kind of washing dishes and things like that, where I actually don't mind it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I was just telling, I was like, but it's always so hard for me to like get up and, and like to do it. Like I would rather relax mm-hmm. rather not do anything and all that. And I was just telling him, I was like, you know, like funny enough, I was like watching some, some clips and they were talking about inattentive ADHD. And I was like, you know, some of those things, I feel like some of the symptoms I feel like I've, I have one, I either found ways to work around it and help me. Uh, or two, I have not figured out, figured out a way yet, and it still like really affects me, you know. And then he was like, okay, you know, like let's let's talk more about that, right? Um, and we we're kind of going through things, um, and um, you know, a few of the things with inattentive ADHD, right? That I feel like I've have like the symptoms of being forgetful, you know, or losing things. Which you know, I don't really lose things, but I am forgetful at, at times, and how I found to help me through that over the years, uh, which, which is putting reminders on my phone. And I really learned that, or like that really picked up when, when, when we started dating. Cause then I knew I had to put reminders on my phone cause you know, you were holding me accountable for things. And I was like, shit, like I'm always kind of forgetting, you know, and, and whatnot. And so like, I need to like remember. And it's not that, you know, like I'm, I'm like purposely, you know, don't care or whatever it is. Right. Like, yeah. I always felt like, yeah, it just felt hard for me to kind of grasp onto those things. And I always felt like it's always been hard. So, like, I had to find ways to help me with that. So I put reminders on my phone or on my calendar. Having difficulty organizing, right, organizing, organizing tasks, or just having difficulty, like, you know, with, like, paying attention to small details. You know, it was funny because I, I, I told my therapist, I was like, you know, back when I was, like, applying, like, way back, you know, when I was applying for jobs and things like that, I always put as one of my skills is, is attention to details when I knew in fact I sucked at that you know but but again over the years I had to figure out ways to, to do that right like I had to force myself to go back reread right and to to, to to do things like that ultimately at the end at the end of it right like he was just like you know I realized that maybe one of the things too you know because he, he didn't diagnose me for any type of ADHD there and then but we we're just kind of sorting the things and he was just like you know, maybe what I realize is that you're setting your day up with very low expectations. 
you know, with a few things to do. Cause, cause there was one thing where he, where like one sort of like, like an exercise where we did, he was like, okay, well tell me what, 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 what is on your to-do list. And, and I list them like, okay, well for work, uh, I already completed this and this. So like, you know, I have like these two more things and then, you know, and then I remember I was saying, I was like, well, I have this one thing too, but I don't know or whatever. And then like, I was being very vague in general. I remember at the end of the session, I, t- I asked, I was like, do you think I'm finding ways or excuses to not do things, you know, by being vague in general? And he kind of chuckled a little bit. He was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, like, I, like, I, I can figure that out, you know, when I was telling him my stuff. And also too, like the exercise, you know, when I was doing things, like I realized like, yeah, work, we have to do this. We have tasks. That's, that's work. Right. So it was easier for me to come up with like things. You know, it was just the fact that I just didn't want to come with things. So I was trying to be back, right? But I realized when I was doing the exercise too that I realized I didn't have much to do list for my personal. Because one was kind of going back to it, right? Like I didn't necessarily want to put the expectation on myself to have to do it. Like I just want to do it whenever I felt it was natural for me to do it, aka having the motivation, the spurt to do it, right? Um, and so, yeah, so we, we realized that and we realized that, okay, well, maybe. You know, you're not giving yourself enough to do for the day or like, you know, you don't have something down, like listed down. Mm-hmm. So part of my homework or part of my things to do, um, you know, was to create that. Right. And I remember I told her, I was like, you know, I do have to do lists that I put on my work uh, laptop. But sometimes now, like, I feel like it's hard for even me to, like, remember to go back and check, mm-hmm. go back and do it and and, 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 and whatnot. Right. Um and maybe, you know, I don't know why, you know, and all that. But, yeah, he was just talking about, like, you know, like, how about, like, you know, just setting goals and, you know, just saying, hey, you know, I want to be able to do this. And, and another thing that we realized, too, is that, you know, especially with projects that have to do, right, that there's, for example, if there's a project, you know, at work that's due, you know, two weeks from today, right, that I'm like, okay, well, whatever, you know, I have two weeks to do it, you know. And and in that gap from when I got the project to the end, I didn't set you know, goals to complete things in, in, in whatever time. So then I wait to, you know, that's where the procrastination comes. I'll wait. And then, you know, when it gets like to the week of or whatever it is, now I'm like, okay, now I'm in like goal mode and start doing it and chopping it up. And so um, with all that being said, um, we realized, hey, like let's write some, some stuff down, you know, on my to-do list for the day and all that. And so that's what I did. I opened up on my notepad um, within my phone and I created like a to-do list today's to-do list right i remember i started writing down my to-do list for the day i split it up into work you know personal and then for wonder going through it all and then at the end i was like man i, I feel like this is gonna turn to the to-do list on my work laptop where i'm just gonna be like oh, whatever and so i was like ah, like maybe it's something about the name to-do list right so i was like yeah, let's change the to-do list to like you know today's goals what do i want to complete and so I started that last Wednesday, and I realized that it helped me get up and do shit. Mm. You know, like, like yeah, I still have the tendencies because I built those patterns, and that's just maybe part of me, whatever, um, That to not want to go do things. But, like, you know, like, I, I had it, you know, uh, within my phone. I was like, okay, com- like, for work, complete this. Feel like, you know, you got to do this and this and this. And, you know, I was just going through it, like, one by one. You know, and that helped me because that helped me put – an image mm-hmm. and like literally like okay you have to do this and they also help me focus on that task where okay i'm just gonna focus on this task once i'm done with this then you know i'll go to the next and go keep going down 
you know, that helped me focus. That helped me just do things. You know, um, that also helped me go to the gym, right? Like, there was days I was like, fuck, I ain't trying to go. But then I opened up my to-do list or my goals for the day. And it said, like, at least 30 minutes of, like, workout or, like, exercise. You know, so then, like, you know, it just gives me, like, I got to go. And then, you know, once I go, the hard part was doing it, like, starting it, going, doing it. And once I'm there, I'm like, okay, you're already here doing it. You know, and I feel great at the end of it. And I remember I was like, oh, shoot, like, my mind is actually going. Like, I feel, like, productive. Yeah, I think that's just another tool for me to try to keep investing and try to keep building these patterns, you know, unlearning patterns, a.k.a. our podcast name, right? To unlearn the patterns of what I had and building these new ones with these new routines is not going to be easy. You know, it's stuff that I'll have to continue to keep working on to rebuild and reprogram, rewire my brain to do. So that was my session in, in short. Um what about your session, your most recent one? So my most recent session, we talked about how it's really hard for me to ask for help and what I need. I shared about how Wonder Puppy, um, how he had to stay over in the animal hospital and how that was very, very scary. And I felt very fragile and hopeless and there was this part of me that really wanted to reach out to people to you know send good thoughts my way because I felt like I really needed it but it was so hard for me to ask for that and really I only sent two texts thinking back like it was just one to my group my family group chat and then the other to my close friend but it was so hard for me to be like hey I'm going through something really hard right now Please send me good thoughts, pray for him. And even though like that's all they can really do right in that moment, like it just felt so good to know that other people care about Wonder and want him to get better because it just felt like it was just me and you, like with his life in our hands, it kind of felt like that. So it just felt nice to know that I wasn't alone, but I was sharing about how hard that was and even after I received what I felt like I wanted to receive, I was like, oh my gosh, like, why did I do that? Am I just searching for attention? Like, did I really need to do that? And my therapist was like, why, why would you think that? Like, what, what is that voice in your head that is telling you that? And I feel like growing up, I was always made aware that I needed to worry about other people's wants and needs and that the unsaid message was that your needs don't matter and you need to figure out how to do that yourself because other people matter more than you and um, I was really confused because I told her I was like well I feel like I'm really aware of what I want to need though like you know that's something I say in a relationship a lot is that like I know what I want and like I can tell you but she challenged me was like okay you can tell your partner what you want but how often do you actually ask him for it I realized that I really don't. I don't reach out to people when I'm going through things. Like, even with you, like, I'll just tell you. But then I'm not really, like, sitting in those feelings. And another theme is that I don't feel my feelings. And I'm very uncomfortable doing that. And that really surprised me because I feel like I'm a very vulnerable person. I'll tell you how I feel. But really, what I'm doing is I'm intellectualizing how I'm feeling um, in order to ignore feeling them. 
it gives me a reason of why I'm feeling that way so then I can like move on or like heal from it I really need to just sit in it because I think that's why like every session I have with my therapist I get really emotional talking about what I'm going through because that's the first time for the last two weeks I've let myself feel the weight of what I've been feeling and that's something that I really want to work on is being more in touch with how I feel and how I'm how I feel it and being able to sit in that uncomfortable feeling because I think that's why because I think that's contributing to my anxiety too. Do you feel like that was hard for you to tell your therapist? I don't think it was hard for me to share, but I think the deeper we got into the reason of why I can't ask for help, that made me uncomfortable because... It's because, like, like, you know that's true? I know it's true, and I feel so exposed, yeah. you know? It's like, I think we all see ourselves a certain way, and when we're offered another truth that, like, makes so much sense, and I don't know, I guess in a way, it made me feel like, oh, dang, that's another thing I have to work on. Because, yeah. like, this journey already feels so... Like, it always feels like the work is never done. But I'm trying not to, like, think of it as, I thought I already worked on that and now I have to do it even more. Um, I don't think that's really what it is. I'm trying not to think that way. I think, for me, like, I kind of just chuckle. Because mm-hmm. then, like, then, like, you know, I think about it, I'm like, oh, damn, that is kind of true. And then and then I'm like, oh, like, that. Or, or, or when you make a realization mm-hmm. you, uh, yourself and then you, you tell your therapist and then, like, they kind of give you, they kind of chuckle and kind of give you that, that like, yeah, like, face of like, like yeah. I've been knowing. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of like, yeah. Finally, you're catching you know, on. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh, dang. I was like, dang. Man. Like, how many sessions did you already know that about me? Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, with these sessions, like, it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't make it easy to open up, you know, like, like you always have to warm up. It's tough because then you're, you're fighting a lot of your barriers. I feel like that that you put up. I remember I was like talking with, with my current therapist, you know, who was among, among men and like, men. And like he, I remember just going through it. Cause you know, at the time when, when he picked up and, and was my new therapist, like that was when things was like the most stressful, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of going on, you know, especially with my dad and all that. And so I remember thinking, I was like, I, f- I feel like I'm going to have to cry in one of these sessions and do I feel comfortable doing it, you know, in front of this Hmong man? You know, do I feel, like, I remember, like, that, those are real thoughts in my head. Like, fuck, like, damn, do I want to cry? And I remember the first time where, like, literally our first, our first session, like, like I choked up a bit. Like, he, he, I forgot what question he asked, but, he, but I choked up a bit. I remember I had, a, I had a, you know, the... The toxicness in me, you know, the the masculinity in me, you know, like, like don't cry, yeah, yeah that was, suck that them was, back yeah, in. Yeah, that was like had a hold on, like, dog, like, like, don't cry, you know, right now, <laughs> you know, and so that's what I, I I had to do. But then, you know, throughout over time, I I had to, to just let myself go and just be like, you yeah. know, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna cry, yeah, you know, because this is a safe space and shit, you know, if he does me, then he's a bad therapist, I guess, you know, <laughs> but but you know but 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 you know I was like you know like it's 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 a safe space mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do it then once once I did that like it was pretty freeing so like the next session you wouldn't feel weird no I think there's always still that feeling <laughs> that's there you know but you are a little more free you know yeah. like I feel like I was like locked up like 100% right and then now I feel like I'm like 
50%? You know, no, I feel like I'm like 80% free. You know, there's oh, still that little 20, that okay. 20, you know, that's in there that's kind of like, damn, it's another moment, you know, and having that. But then, you know, like I feel it in the, through our conversations that we have mm-hmm. with, with one another, like it's made me feel like, okay, you know, it's, it's okay to cry. Yeah. I feel pretty comfortable crying in front of my therapist. It's so, it's so superficial, but can you, you can you see your screen when you're talking to him? Or you only mm. see him? No, no, no. Like, do you get to see, uh, see you? Too, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when I'm crying and I see myself and I'm like, damn, I'm an ugly crier. I'm so self-conscious of when I cry because I have that Kim K cry. It's not cute. I wish I was one of those girls who had very angelic, gentle tears. Who has? Okay, who has those? those I don't know. I ain't never seen one in my life. <laughs> so you think everyone's and, an ugly crier? Dude, I feel like it's only in movies that they be crying like. But they're acting, you know? I'm like, I ain't never seen one in real life. Definitely crying is very freeing. Mm-hmm. I've actually read somewhere that um, it releases chemicals. Like, it's good to actually mm-hmm. cry. Because, like, I feel like that was that was me, too, back then. Like, you know, like, I've always tried not to cry. Mm-hmm. Just like how, you know, like, I try not to throw up. You know, like, I remember, too, like, I would hate those moments that would make me cry in front of people. Because I would get, like, very anxious you know, because I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to cry. Or, I'm, or like, it's, I'm going to cry. I want to cry in front of these people. And then, like, you start to not want to do whatever it is or, mm-hmm. you know, be around certain things like that, you know. And you can't really fully enjoy. That was one of the reasons why I never wanted to do my graduation party. Because I knew if, once I got up there and, like, was thanking my mom and dad, like, I would. And just, you know, my, my siblings, you know, I would mm-hmm. start start crying. I was like, I ain't trying. I ain't finna cry in front of all these people out here. You know, I ain't going to look weak. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, but but um, but yeah, but yeah, that was the mindset though. Now that that I have, you know, I feel like I'm processing, able to process things a lot better, and like I feel like I'm like like again, like I said, it just feels more freeing. You know, it feels more freeing, and it feels like I'm able to, to naturally process and naturally let things kind of come as they go and. You know, the deep ones that hit deep and, you know, make those tears come out and let it. But the ones that don't, like, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, just kind of let it go. And Does it make you anxious to know that you're about to have this big event with your family where you know it will probably bring up a lot of emotions? Does it make you nervous to know that you might be crying in front of people? No. Or do you think you're going to try not to cry? No, um, I I don't feel like nervous about crying in front of them i think because like one is that like because of the families that i've attended theirs you know like i've seen you know them crying all that and so in my mind right like that kind of shoots us like okay well it's okay to cry because that's mm-hmm. you know this family you know and all that um uh, and and two it was just like i don't know i feel like i did it at during the day when my dad passed so I feel like therapy really helped with this too, though, mm-hmm. and also the, this podcast of just you know being more vulnerable. Like I feel like it does help me cry or or feel like it's okay to cry in front of people. Like now that, that, that my dad passed, you know, like I remember that day, like just seeing so many men who I've never ever saw cry. There's only one man, man there that I remember saw that I. That, that yeah, that song cried before, and that that was the everybody else who who came and cried like I, 
have never. Mm. Yeah, so just being able to see that too, like I think that also feels freeing in, in some sense. Um, but yeah, there are still those days, you know, where, where you know that that um, Tony is still there. I'm like, I ain't gonna look weak, shit. That that yeah, version. Yeah. Like, fuck out of here with that shit. soft shit. <laughs> Uh-huh. That that was a really sad moment to see from afar. I think uh-huh. it was nice to see you all like comforting each other too. Mm-hmm. It was definitely tough. Like it was a bittersweet moment because, like I said, once he did pass, like obviously I'm sad that he, or that he's not here anymore. But then big relief also happened too. Like just knowing that like he's just not suffering here, and hopefully he's not bringing that suffering wherever he's, he's going next, but, you know, that at least he's not here suffering anymore. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> we, you know, we can be optimistic and hope that he's pain-free. Yeah. Uh, and, and going wherever he is, so. And then I remember I was just reading something today, too, but he was like, you know, the skies, yeah, the sky looks and feel different when you have a loved one up there. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that, that's true, because yeah. this is the first time that I've had well, oh, like, you know, like a close, yeah, close, close that I've seen, you know, like, you know, pass yeah. away and, and left. You know, obviously, I know my grandparents and them and all that were up there, you know, um, but I never met them, so there's, there's never that connection, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, that was the first time, and now that, you know. Do you look in the sky more now? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, or, and like, like sometimes I, I like, I remind myself to look up there. Like, whenever I take Wonder out, and, like, I'm, like, on my phone or whatever it is, or, like, I'm just out there looking at it and poop, I'm like, oh, like, I can just look at the sky. So I am more, more more conscious about looking at the sky now. And, you know, I was like, yeah, like, like that's true, because, like, like I said, like, when my dad passed, like, it just felt, and maybe this is why people lean in on, like, spirituality a lot, you know, but I literally felt like everything was going to be all right. And, like, I felt like it just felt like somebody – something up there like is, is like oh yeah like i got you you know like it's kind of like they like that got you feeling like don't worry about it you know and like that feels like it relaxes my anxiety not not, not saying that everything's always going to be up in the highs of highs and we we all are up there you know life is always gonna have its highs and lows um but just knowing and having that comfort spiritually like i feel like that you know he's up there watching and you know i can talk to him you know and do all the things right like pray to him and all that it just gives you that comfort can you share something about your dad with our listeners like maybe your favorite memory or maybe something that you feel that you have that came from him well it was actually what your mom said actually because like i never really like thought about it or like connected it you know, like, I remember I was, you know, your mom and I were just texting when, when that happened. And I remember I was just, like, just saying, like, you know, I'm really glad that you guys pushed to meet them. And I'm glad we were able to make it happen that they were able to meet him. And I remember your mom was, like, hey, like you know, um, she said something like, you know, it was really great to, to, meet, to meet your dad. You know, he was really, you know, you know, kind. And he's really, you know, just have, like, a calm and presence and, and things like that. And like like a gentle spirit um and she and your mom was like you know like um 
that's how he lives through you. Yeah, because the same thing. So I'm like, oh, I know my dad has his bad moments, but I feel, I feel like he's, he's like that does explain who he is. That night when that happened, I was talking with your nephew, and I was like, yeah, like, you, you had a really good grandpa, right? And he's like, no, he was the best. Mm-hmm. And I know they miss him. Yeah, they do. I try not to ask him too much, too, about it. But but then, but, you know, like every now and then I, I do, and especially when I was looking through the photos. It's funny, too, because, like, you know, I look at them, and, you know, like, when I look at those photos, and I, you know, like, for us, you know, we get, like, kind of emotional, you know, like, kind of looking through things like that. And, you know, and, like, you know, I, I, I show it to Francis and Landon, right? And, like, I, I show it to them. I'm like, oh, like, you know, like, who's this? You know, just trying to see if they knew who I was, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid. But apparently they, they didn't. <laughs> um, but um, I was just trying to see if they knew who I was. Um, and, you know, I was, oh, like, like who are these people? You know, they're always, like, oh, like, you know, oh, like, oh, that's your young. You know, they always have, like, an upbeat, positive and, like, you know, like, like it, like a happy, joyful. Like, sorry to see. Him. Yeah, a yeah. joyful thing, you know, where it wasn't, like, sad and, and you know, and then they're like, oh, that's your young. And then, but, yeah, you know, like, just being able to see that and, like, thinking, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, that's, that's how, you know, that's one of the emotions that, you know, we should feel, too, not just the sad whenever yeah. we, we look at photos. Well, thanks for sharing that. We're now at the end of this episode. We hope you like this first episode of this mini-series that we're going to start. Each one of these sessions will be different, and some may be longer than other, but we just really hope that um, you find some sort of comfort and you maybe you take away something new that you learn. Uh, but most of all, I just want you to feel like you're not alone in that you know, we're all going through something, and it's a reminder for us to be kinder to each other. Well, thank you for listening to this episode, and uh, we hope to see you all in the next one.